It is that time of year. It is the 2021 MMA Prediction Show. I am John Pollock, and back in January of 2013, as I was set to interview my guest, I was walking to my studio, and 10 minutes beforehand, I thought of a great idea. Let us introduce a game called Likely or Unlikely, and thus it was born, and this man, true to his word, has returned every single year. He continues that tradition in 2021, a man that has risen up the journalistic ranks now property of ESPN. Ariel Hawani is here yes. at Post Wrestling. Ariel, thank you so much. Oh, it's so great to be back. This is one of two shows that I look forward to each and every year. Of course, the Hawani Knows Awards, which just wrapped up as well. But this is number two, and uh, it's become a nice tradition. I didn't actually know the uh, the backstory there that you thought of it, you know, 10 minutes before one of our chats. And uh, funny enough, we've we've done this show, or at least I've done the show in many different locales. I remember one time being on the beach in Florida. Uh, I remember, I think last year I was driving home from Bristol, Connecticut after one of my shows. Uh, and now here I am uh, in the spot that I've pretty much been in over the last 10 months or so at my house. So it's great to be back. I'm excited. I'm most excited about finding out how I did the last, you know, the last year. You've kind of kept up with, you know, my appearances on all the pro wrestling uh programming, which I think I kind of hit the trifecta there. We'll probably get into that. But yes, I'm, 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 I'm most excited to know how I did over the past year because I take a lot of pride in beating the previous year's score. Well, we will get to that. I, I have done some uh, calculations and you definitely made, made the rounds in the pro wrestling <laughs> community in 2020. Uh, for those with, the, with their scorecards, uh, you can put a check mark next to Ariel's name when it comes to AEW programming. Impact's Bound for Glory pay-per-view, and then a spot on the War Games kickoff panel, which a a nice addition that Ariel Hawani, you want me on the kickoff show? I ain't getting out of this seat, so you better come to me. I I really like that added touch, Ariel. It was great. I was wearing my sweatpants, and uh, I I had to do minimal lifting. Um, I also was backstage at Raw in early March. That's true. Photo, so uh, that was a nice one. Appeared on the Bump, which I think is like a WWE Network show. So you know, I I, I made my presence felt uh, throughout, and uh, the best part was I got to be myself. Right, I, I didn't have to play character. They didn't change my name. I, I wasn't uh, Kyle <laughs> Williams or anything like that. Is it, was it Kyle Williams? Art his name? Was that his name? Uh, Kyle, Kyle Edwards. Kyle Edwards, yes. Or Renee uh, Young. Uh, both you know individuals who we we love very much. So yeah, it was fun, and uh, I'm curious to see what happens in 21. Yes, you, uh, you and Mauro Ronaldo, I guess, escaping the Canadian <laughs> yeah. curse of having to be renamed by WWE. <laughs> That's right. Love so, you, Mauro. So uh, before we uh, dive into uh, lo- looking back at last year's predictions, then we'll make uh, the new list for 2021. Uh, this has been a year for you where, I mean, a lot of your work has been out of your own home. I mean, since March – Everyone's got their own unique story. I'm kind of curious for you, uh, reporting at the same rate as you always have, uh, but doing it uh, remotely from home. uh, What has the last uh, nine months been for Area Hawani? Yeah, it's been uh, a range of emotions and kind of funny. uh, You know, we spoke at the very beginning, right? You know, we talked about WrestleMania going on and I was in this same room, but in a different kind of setup. Um, and as we talked about off air, you know, I, I've traveled a lot over the last decade. In fact, the first 10 weeks, I believe, of 2020, I was away for eight of those weekends. There was a lot of travel early on because 
there was the Connor fight, and then the week before the Connor fight, I uh, I went to Vegas to interview Connor. Like I was there for twenty hours. Uh, I did an NBA game, in fact, two NBA games, which was awesome. I interviewed John Jones in Albuquerque, which was a crazy story into itself. So in addition to like covering the events, I was doing these one-offs, and it really felt like, wow, 2020 is going to be a crazy year. There seems to be a lot in the oven for me, and uh, of course, everything changed. My last event that I went to was 248, um, of course, the Izzy Romero fight, and uh, then everything changed a few days later. And so why do I say it's been a range of emotions? Because Obviously, you know, the, the, the week-to-week schedule has changed. Um, I'm home a lot more. I don't mind being home. I actually don't really enjoy traveling all that much, believe it or not. It gives me anxiety, and this is dating back to when I started, but I've always kind of powered through it. Uh, really great to be with my kids. I mean, I feel like I've I mean, grown a lot closer to them if I wasn't really close to them already, but just seeing them grow up um, in, in these, you know, these these times, you know, they're eight, six, and four. So it's like a really interesting time to be with young kids. Um, sad times because I haven't seen my parents in, mm-hmm. in a year. My in-laws haven't seen them in a year and a half. I mean, that just blows my mind. Um, and I really, really, really miss going back to Canada. Um, and then, you know, doing shows from home, it's not that bad. Uh, my Monday show has dramatically changed, right? I, I did a certain type of show for 11 years and I don't do it anymore. And uh, part of that was a blessing in disguise because I was itching to do something else. And I also wasn't happy with the way things were going um, in the early part of 2020. So the the DC show kind of came out of nowhere and, and actually was a blessing for me. So yeah, some changes, but overall, uh, I'm if I can say, if I could do the old Barry Horowitz, I'm proud of how we uh, adapted and, and overcame a lot of obstacles. And um, I was really focused on trying to give people an escape. I, I, you know, I'm someone who consumes a lot of podcasts, a lot of sports media, and uh, it gets to be overwhelming when it's like a lot of COVID talk and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but like, I just wanted to give people an hour or two, whatever it was, an escape, right? And I and I felt very strongly about that. I didn't take a week off for the entire rest of the year. Uh, I did just now, but like up until you know the last event. So I just I just really wanted to give people an escape. I wanted to give them something to be uh, excited about. And I feel like with the new shows and and everything that we did, even from home, while it may not have looked as good and as and and sounded as crisp, I feel like we accomplished our goal. Are you happy where things are now with now that you're several months in to, to the show uh, with Daniel Cormier? You two have always had such a great chemistry together. That certainly comes through. And I I looked at what you put on your shoulders every week to produce that show. And it was one thing, the fact that you would go for that incredible amount of time every Monday. To me, it was just more surreal you booking that show every week and how – like I, I don't know how you kept that up for as long as you did doing that, where you would have you know double digit guests most weeks and uh, playing that entire game. It's like uh, unbelievable to keep those schedules and and make sure everyone would be on time. That's a huge undertaking. Yeah, and it w- it was exhausting, and I put a lot of pressure on myself, and I would get mad when people would criticize the lineups or like, oh, you know, like I would have as you said nine ten guests. And people would be like, this is a crap lineup. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, These are the stars of the sport that we all love. How could this be a crap lineup? Not every lineup can have Connor and Nate Diaz, etc. Um, and so that was wearing on me a little bit. But if I could be 100% honest, the thing that was wearing on me the most towards the end was when I did it at MMA Fighting, 
I pretty much had carte blanche to do whatever I wanted and to speak to whomever I wanted. And ESPN was very insistent on making the show tighter, shorter, things of that nature. And, you know, like two weeks after the pandemic, like we didn't know that the pandemic was going to happen, but it was scheduled for two weeks. The show was going to actually move to two hours and it was going to be tighter. And that was actually putting more pressure on me because, okay, now I only have two hours to get the biggest names possible, right? Like you don't have the opportunity to fill the show with up and comers, which I feel very strongly about because like what's, you know, one of the most famous, I guess, if you want to call it interviews in the history of the show was when Connor was on with Weidman. Yeah. Uh, Listen, we we can go on many, but to me, uh, it's like that interview where you had John Volante in studio and there in the background is Chris Weidman. It's like, who knows if that would have been one that if you were in a a tighter time constraint, uh, if, if, it would have happened, and it was very cool that you had someone. Uh, and yeah, C- Conor McGregor, of course, before he blew up, like that—that's probably one that y- you can't fit in at that point. In, in this day and age, they're like, you're like, oh no, a guy making his debut, save him for after the fight. Well, that I think helped establish the relationship. So I was feeling very torn up about that, and um, you know, you have to rely on people, right? And and the worst thing, like I'm being 100 percent honest, it was making me dislike the sport. And because I wasn't able to watch cards as a journalist or even a fan, I was watching cards through the lens of, can I get this winner on my show on Monday? Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and, and then when you add the travel, so like, let's just talk about pay-per-views, right? Let's say I'm in Vegas and you're working all night and then you take a, a 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. flight back home and then you land at 1 p.m. and now you have to start frantically texting people and managers and fighters and they've just come off a big fight like Jorge Masvidal just knocked out Ben Askren and he's on top of the world and now you have to try to get him on your show at a specific live time. I feel like I did it. I conquered it. I proved myself and now doing a show where I could just sit down and weigh in and opine on things with one of the greatest fighters of all time who, oh, by the way, we have a really fun relationship and a a very strong relationship has just brought a a whole different dynamic. And by the way, like my Sundays are so much less stressful these days. Like it's just like – and then there was a period for a year and a half when I got to ESPN where I was doing like a column every Monday and those were around like 2,000 words. So not only was I booking the show and everything, I was also writing the column Sunday nights. It was it was bananas. So now I do the thing with DC. Wednesdays I'll have you know three to four interviews, and I'm going a little longer with those, and they're kind of paring them down on the 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 pod feed, and then they're on YouTube. I do the show with Chael. It's a nice mix. I feel like I'm in a groove, and so we'll you know I'm I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I I've made it my New Year's resolution to be more selfish with my own time and not feel so bad about it. I'm constantly just thinking about. Well, I could be doing this or this or this, and I'm I'm gonna make like more of a concerted effort this year. Of I don't have to tackle every single idea that's in that's in my head. It's okay to say no. I'm taking this time off to myself, and I think that's something I, I would imagine is evident in yourself as well. That you're constantly looking for more to put on your plate, even if there isn't room. Well, actually, you've inspired me because uh, you posted not that long ago that I think you read 50 books in 2020. I did. Yes. That's unbelievable. Just like knowing how much you work also that you're a father of two, a husband, like to have the the time to read 50 books is truly amazing. So kudos to you. And I was sitting, so like I had at the beginning of the pandemic, I started a book 
and I was like, I was moving at such a slow speed to finish it. Then I saw your post and I was like, John's right. I need to read more. So I finally finished the book. There was like maybe 80 pages left. And since then I've started a second book and I feel much better. I want to be less on my phone. I want to be less on social media if I can. I just feel like I'm so drawn to it all the time. Fear of, of missing out fear of whatever else is going on and, 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 and not knowing and, and not being, you know, uh, pumping out as much content as everyone and all this stuff. Like I, I'd love to change all this stuff. You know, I, I'd, I'd honestly love, you know, maybe I'm sharing too much here, but like I'm very anxious to maybe do a, a new show that's not MMA related and talk to other people and show people that I could talk to them about other things. Um, I'm, I'm very into talking to people about anxiety and mental health and things like that. I, I'm uh, very passionate about that because these are things that I've uh, battled uh, a lot throughout my life. So like, there's a lot that I want to try to do and I'm hoping that um, this change of schedule and pace will allow me to do it in 2021. I'm not a big resolutions guy, but mm-hmm. your posts kind of opened my, my eyes to that. So I, I appreciate you doing that and sharing that even though it was somewhat of a flex on your part. Well, it, it was a double flux on my part. I mean, look what I did. I mean, that's, that's part of the fun of it. But it, like, honestly, it was something that I, I didn't sit down with that, uh, that number as my goal. It was like, okay, 25, that was an ambitious number for me. It's like, that's a book every two weeks. I didn't think yeah. I could do that. But it was like, I kept like this list. So that kind of gave me this incentive to keep pushing. And it wasn't like I was, uh, you know, militant about doing it. It was just, I would find free time. And instead of maybe going on my phone or something, I would like sit down and just read a book. And it was just, you know, not the most, uh, Herculean effort, but it's very doable. I think once you get to the rhythm of something. That's insane. And that's dating back to when? This was like January 1st from last year. So I mean, so you're, you were averaging almost a book a week. That's wild to me. Yeah. Uh, That's correct. What was the best one? Oh man. The best one of the year I read in in the pro wrestling world, there was uh, a phenomenal book uh, on Andre the Giant by a fellow Montrealers, uh, Bertrand Iber and Pat Laprade. Uh, yeah. So for the wrestling listeners out there, uh, that would that was a really excellent. Was that in book. English? Yeah, it's in English. Okay. Yeah, I'd highly recommend that one. The most well researched book on Andre's uh, history. Like if you enjoyed the HBO documentary. This is that much more in-depth. Uh, they go into every tall tale of Andre's. They either debunk it or confirm it. Uh, it just really tremendous research and a well-written book uh, as well. But I also tried to read a lot of like non-MMA and pro wrestling right. ones as well. So there was a lot of stuff. There was a great book on Michael Ovitz that I read. Um, yeah, it was and, – and some like fiction. I tried to just mix it up, stuff that uh, – I read this book on like the rise of – the Dodgers uh, throughout the 2000s and they're overspending. Oh, wow. All this different stuff. Yeah. I love that. Um, I noticed because you showed like a stack of books. Um, oh, God. Now now the name is escaping me and I'm embarrassed. But one of them was uh, the old 60 Minutes correspondent. Um, oh, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Yeah. That his name. Was that like – because I saw the, the Mike Wallace documentary. Have you seen the Mike Wallace documentary? I haven't seen the documentary, no. It's great as as a journalism you know lover like myself. Was it about his career and all that? I'm assuming. Yeah, G- going yeah. through like a lot of like big interviews he did and just kind of the behind yeah. the scenes stories of that. It was actually a book that's just a, a lot of the books I read this year are ones that have just been like around my house. It's like I didn't yeah. buy a bunch of new books either. It's just like all these books that I just look around. I'm like, when am I going to read these? And I was like, this year I'll go through these ones. And that was one I've. It's just been lying around. It was really uh, fascinating. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm currently reading one about the uh, – I mean I, I'm, I'm, this is not one to be proud of, but the one I'm reading now is about the Raptors um, written by Doug Smith. I just I just finished that one. Oh, yeah. So it, it's a little surface level. It's a little like too surface level, if I'm being honest. But it's it's I'm flying by it. So I'm actually kind of excited because I feel like I'll have like two on my list to start the year. So did you like it? He's, he's someone that obviously has a super close relationship with many of the key players, and yeah. that comes with like the positive in that I think you get a lot more depth, and there's a clear trust that the players have in him. At the same time, I, I think like you are going to hold back uh, a certain amount as well yeah. of what you have seen. Yeah, like he he refers to some of them as friends and things like that. I mean, he's kind of the guy, you know, asks the first question. It's fun. It's nostalgic. Uh, I, I like those kinds of books, but I was surprised at how – I don't know. I was, I was hoping for a little more on how the team was made and put together, like all the that The early stuff. days, I thought, I thought you could have gone to a lot more. Like you could write yeah. a whole book on just exactly. the, the formation of the Raptors, and that's kind of covered in about you know two or three chapters. Right, right, right. But yes, I, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Well – let us now uh, revisit uh, 2020, and let's let's get out of the likelies. And I've tried. I think this is as much an indictment on me. I think sometimes my some of my scenarios are just so far fetched. Yeah. And you feel the obligation to go likely on some of them instead of just poo poo all of them. So the likelies didn't perform as well as your other wow. likelies for 2020. Okay. Um, okay. The ones you got correct on the likely list. Okay, we'll go through those ones first. The Toronto Raptors do not get out of round two of the playoffs, which you said likely. Wow. The okay. defending champion Toronto Raptors out in the second round uh, this yep. particular last season. So you got that one right. Nothing By material. The way, not doing too hot these days, just for the record. No, it could, it could be a long time before we see round three or the <laughs> finals again. So I don't know. It might be a long time before we get another Raptors book. Yep. Uh Nothing materializes business-wise between Dana White and Floyd Mayweather Jr. Not a thing. Crickets in 2020. Shocking. And I said likely, right? You said likely. Okay. You got that one correct. I was very tempted this year to uh, create a a separate uh, category of Dana's white lies and go through his uh, (laughs) performance in 2020. I don't know if it would have fared too well. You know who should do that? Daniel Dale, fellow uh, Toronto owner, <laughs> right? Check him, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a former UFC champion competes for the PFL this season. Now, uh, the PFL uh, did not have a season this year, but given this was their key signing of Fabricio Verdum, I feel like I gave you this one. And, well, and Anthony Pettis, too. Anthony Pettis. Uh, Roy McDonald had already signed, but yeah. I, th- I give you this one because I don't think it's a fair forecast to have imagined they would not even have a season no. out of their control uh, because one of these would have competed for them this year. So you got okay. that one right. I Ones uh, that you said likely to that did not materialize in 2020. And correct me if any of these are uh, incorrect. Stephen Brunt is a guest on Ariel Hawani's MMA show, which you said – that would be an interesting guest for the Wednesday show. I don't know ah. about the Monday show. So. Uh, well, again, everything changed. How was I supposed to know? But going back to what I said earlier about a non-MMA show, I mean, that's like one of the dream guests right there. Stephen Brunt would be uh, great. And uh, you did a, a great sit-down with him at the end of last year uh, that is available. Mark Kerr is inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. I was going with the, the announcement of the, the documentary, and that would make uh, make sense, but did not occur. 
one MMA card airs on Showtime. Did uh, not happen this year. Although I, I will say again, pandemic. If they, you know, if they didn't take that long break, the CBS move probably happens a little sooner, and who knows? You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. I digress, but I feel like I kind of got hurt by the pandemic. We'll, we'll throw out the asterisks for, for oh. many of these. Yeah, I bet. There is a promoted defense of the BMF title. As well, the NMF title is defended by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Wait, and I said what? You said likely to these. Oh, come on. Why would I say that? That's silly. Shoot. And then the uh, the final two on the likely list that did not come through. Alima Lay McFarlane fights Paige Van Zant in Hawaii, which you did couch by stating, my heart is saying yes, but my mind says no. My heart is saying yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people – look, I'll say I think Bellator has done a great job back end of the year with their signings. I think they missed on Paige. I think Paige was perfect for them. Like, you know, the combo with her husband who's a rising star there, a prospect – their 125 division is is somewhat thin. Like I I don't think she's going to be a world beater, but like Paige and Bare Knuckle just feels like a weird a weird combo to me. So a very strange like combination, right. and I believe that Alima Lay McFarlane and, and Paige Van Zant, uh, to be honest, title or no title, I think that would be something that would uh, transcend the usual Bellator core audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they passed on her. I mean, I know the the economics didn't work out. They didn't want like a cast off, but. I feel like I was on the right track with that one. And the last, uh, likely, Macy Barber is the number one contender to fight Valentina Shevchenko next. Wow. Uh, this was weeks before the loss to Roxanne Modafferi. Uh, Macy Barber was uh, riding a, a big wave at the start of 2020, and uh, this year, unfortunately, a, a step back for her injury-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I whiffed on that one. Although, in my defense, most people thought that she would win that fight. That ended up being my upset of the year, so... Um... I think we all disrespected Roxy, to be honest, going into that fight in hindsight. But hey, all right, let's move on to the unlikelies. I could live with that one. The unlikelies, you you put up a pretty a pretty solid uh, outing this year. Among the unlikelies uh, that you forecasted, Bob McCowan launches a show in the Bell Media family. No, he did not launch a show, but not in the Bell universe. This is what I love about your your uh, your your show and and the questions. It's like the this little like sort of um, you know like I don't want to say fetish. Uh, like what is the word? Like a like who else would ask me about Bob McCowan and Bell Media stuff? But I love this stuff. But I have nowhere else to talk about it. So that's why I love doing this. Well, I can't you, even believe you asked you, me that. You are my default. Anything related to like Canadian sports broadcasters, you're love my it. only text. Like you're oh. you're my person that I will go to to say, hey, did you hear the new roundtable show? Did you? What did you think of this format? Like you're my go to person. I miss it. Just for I the do record. miss it. That that was uh, for both of us like a Friday. Yes. Evening staple. Don Cherry joins TSN. Nope. Did not happen. Now, had he, had he left at that point? Was that yes. over a year ago? Oh, my yes. God. Yes, he had left. Um, this was after Remembrance Day 2019 when the, oh, the comments God. were made. That's crazy. So it's been over a year since he's been on TV. Yeah. And a, it, like he's doing a podcast, which I haven't heard, but that's that's about the extent of Don Cherry um, that today. Is wild. Do, do you think we ever see him on TV again? This is not an official prediction. Um, he's getting up there in age, right? I mean, he's probably close to his eighties at this point. Yes. What do you think? I would, th- I would think Don Cherry is. Can you get up to? Eighty six. 
Wow. I'm turning 87 no. in February. I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm going to say no. By the way, who who replaced them on Coach's Corner? No one. They It's kind of just been this like floating segment, but they have not put like a, a person in, in that spot as Don Cherry's replacement. And where's Ron McLean? He's still there? He's still hosting. And uh, what and about the Strombo? hometown hockey show as well? Where's Strombo at? That's a great question. I know he does. Uh, he actually does this, uh, or at least had been. I don't know what the state of it is now, but he was doing a show out of his house where like bands would come and play, and then he'd put it on on online. In his house, they play. Yeah, in his house? like a, like he'd have like a, a setup there, and people could come. Like it'd be like a small uh, amount of fans. Probably right. Pre pandemic, yes. I don't yeah. think it's uh, active these days. Man, I thought Strombo. I, I I still love him, but like I, I thought, like he was on the track to be one of the, you know, the the biggest names in Canadian media, right? Like, remember he, he, he got such a raw deal from. Uh, I think he was just, I don't know, people so resistant to any kind of change, and I think yeah. it was just too much to overcome. Unfortunately, because I, I I thought he was a great host and is. He's a tremendous interviewer. Um, yeah. Yes, that show of his was great, and then he was on CNN for a bit one summer. That's remember right. that? Mm-hmm. Great. Ariel works courtside during the NBA Finals. And you said unlikely because you didn't think it's good to publicly campaign for somebody else's job. Okay. Yep. Yep. Now, uh, I, I was supposed to do at least one playoff game, but then, you know, pandemic, bubble, all that stuff. So Michael Landsberg joins Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> you said unlikely. Did not happen in 2020. Landsberg doing okay? He's doing all right, right? I think so. Yeah. Does I mean, he still do a radio show? He's still doing, uh, you know, he's doing uh, a podcast, but still affiliated. Um, oh, he doesn't do like a morning show for TSN anymore? Oh, he's doing, man, I haven't listened to TSN radio in a, in a long time. But yeah, he was doing with, with uh, Carlo Koliakovo. They were hosting the morning show. I hope he's doing okay. In an attempt to attract more minimalists, the Daily MMA Minute is introduced uh, as a nod to TST, Tight Ship Troy. And yeah. I think you kind of alluded, like, ESPN looking for uh, less is more. I'm surprised they didn't go for the Daily MMA Minute this year. Trust me. Uh, I think they'd be happy if my show lasted a minute. Uh, but no, uh, we, we actually had to, as a result of shortening the shows, uh, ironically, the minimalist tip of the week had to go by the wayside. Isn't that weird? That is that. That's actually unfortunate. Yeah, I know. I agree. Michael Buffer pronounces Israel Adesanya, <laughs> and you said there was no chance of this, and added that when it comes to pronunciations, when in doubt, go with Anik, because sometimes yeah. we would get the uh, counter pronunciations. Like John Anik would be one way, Buffer would be another. Yeah. No, Anik, in my opinion, is the gold standard. Uh, he was. On the wrong side of Surreal Gun, and he was like fighting it for a moment. But then, right before uh, the event, he changed his course. It was like a big deal because, you know, they have those audio recordings that they mm-hmm. give everyone. Uh, DC and I like to joke about the Francis Nganu one. Um, and I guess the Surreal Gun sounded like Ganya, but it wasn't like, it's not like Vern Ganya, you know, like mm-hmm. people, you know. And, and that one is, that one is incorrect as well. It's not Ganya, it's Gagne. If if we're going to use like the actual pronunciation, like Cormier, like like Cormier is the right one. Um, one that would always drive me nuts is like Melvin Gillard. 
because I'm Melvin Gillard, it's Giard or Chance. You know which one drives me nuts? Chance Rencounter. That's insane. It's Chance Rencontre. That's it's a French. Remember, remember Lance Benoist. <laughs> oh yeah, like those drive me nuts. Those drive me nuts. Poirier. Uh, so Poirier is half right. It should actually be Poirier, um, if we're being you know correct. But anyway. This uh, is the podcast I want. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> you and Anik before every show. It's not any analysis. It's not a preview. You just <laughs> literally read off the card. Oh, uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. A UFC stadium event occurs in New Zealand. Uh, you know, uh, after I said stadium event, that wasn't happening this year. <laughs> although you can make a case that they could go now and have like a legit, you know, 18, 20,000 people there. There's parts of the world they, they could probably explore. Totally. Um, Eddie Alvarez returns to Bellator. You were intrigued by this, but ultimately went with unlikely, and he did not make a return to Bellator. A Zufa boxing card. <laughs> Rest in peace right there. Airs on Fight Pass. Unlikely. I mean, can you even say rest in peace to something that was never even a thing? I yeah. mean, I guess it was a t-shirt. It was a t-shirt on the Reebok website for a minute. That was that was the extent of the Zufa boxing legacy, but uh, there boxing's better be, so screwed up, Ariel. It's just yeah, it's so, so screwed, screwed up. up. There better be a Hawani boxing versus Zufa boxing question coming up in a matter of moments here. I just want to let you know. But yes, boxing is so broken. They need a savior. They need you know they need uniforms. They need you know all kinds of uh, great purses, big purses. You know they need all these things. UFC adds a female play-by-play or color analyst to their mm-hmm. rotation. Of broadcasters, is this where do you characterize uh, Megan O'Leary's contributions? Does, does this did this happen or did this not? Not a regular. I, I wouldn't say she was a regular, but she would have no. points on the broadcast. No, I mean no. I think we're talking like you're talking either like an anic role, like a play-by-play guy, or a color analyst, yeah. right? Laura Sanko's you know making the hard push for it, mm-hmm. and she's probably you know in the driver's seat because she has fought. But I would categorize Megan or the other people that they use in that role as more of like a backstage reporter slash sideline reporter, whatever. So I would say that's still an unlikely. Jones versus Cormier three. Oh. Unlikely and did not happen. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, Flex, uh, he's calling me right now as we speak. Damn. Oh, look at that. Well, if we get to on? a wrestling portion, he, he actually could, could spoil some of the likely or unlikelies potentially. Yes. Ronda Rousey attends, attends a UFC event. Tough one. Right? I mean. Was there any correspondence with Ronda Rousey in in 2020? (laughs) Probably not. That was (laughs) a great follow-up. Great follow-up. No no correspondence. Um, I think she even unfollowed me on Twitter. And then I think I noticed and unfollowed her back. So take that, Ronda Rousey. Penalty box. Did I ever tell you the penalty box story? I haven't heard the penalty box story. Oh yeah, before uh, one. These are you putting people in the penalty box? No, no. Oh. It's uh, before one ninety three when I was told I can't interview her because of the whole Travis Brown yes. thing. I was told by her representation that I was being put in the penalty box. Oh, you did not tell me that detail. You told me other things about that that whole disaster <laughs> yeah, of a week for you. I mean, wow. I was like, you know, the chutzpah to to put me in the penalty box. Just amazing. You should have shot back and said. Two or five, and when can I come back? Ten minutes? Game misconduct? or Yeah. I, I still think I'm in the penalty boxes. Could she's be. Perfect. Well, uh, Ronda Rousey wrestles a match. You said you said unlikely, and I disagreed with you in my notes here, so you were correct. Now, 
if no pandemic, do you think she comes back? Yes. So, do you think she comes back this year? I think so. I think she pops up this year. Really interesting. Do you think that anyone cares? Uh, I th- I think there will be interest that she comes back. Um, yeah, but you are you you are almost two years removed now from from her last match, and I think it's. It's what, what pairing you do that's going to be of most interest. Like you kind of you, you went through the Becky Lynch program, you did Charlotte Flair, like you have you know your your Sasha Banks, but I think that yeah, they they even did that one as well. So I think it's really what they come up with. I don't think it's going to be something that it's going to uh, spark like a gigantic wave of interest. Was her last match the the WrestleMania one? Yeah, she hasn't like, wrestled wow. since then. That's almost two years. Two years, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck stru- uh, fights for the UFC heavyweight title. An unlikely that did not happen. Yeah, because he was on a roll going into 2020. Yes, it was a very, uh, very hot streak that he was on at the end of 2019. <laughs> Tito Ortiz finds another fight promotion to compete for. You said unlikely. No, he did not find another company to fight for. He has gone off uh, the deep end and... I don't know. The less said about Tito Ortiz is probably for the best. So Combate was the end of 2019, right? Because everything is yes. Okay, and um... so this was uh, you know Tito's coming off Stinson Bellator, uh, Golden Boy, Combate, and we were thinking, w- will there be another group out there that sees uh, money at the end of the rainbow through Tito Ortiz? Hey, shout out to I don't know if you follow these guys on uh, Twitter. I think it's one guy, Bohashinya Depot. Do you follow him? <laughs> It's basically just a Tito Ortiz account at this point. <laughs> but that guy. It's the only way I keep up on any Tito Ortiz news I, is that I, account. Honestly, I don't know how he finds all this stuff, but it's uh, he is doing the Lord's work. Well done to that guy, whoever he is. A new executive is brought in to replace Scott Coker at Bellator. You said I said unlikely. Un- you said unlikely. Yeah. Did not happen. Kane Velasquez. Remember him? He wins yeah. a WWE title. Damn. Could not have been further from the truth. Uh, you said unlikely. And then we trailed off into a discussion because Cain Velasquez led into us remembering the MMAAA. And then that turned into a discussion about Donald Cerrone and your relationship with him. And oh, yeah. your categorization of the relationship a year ago with Donald was, we are down. We are Ben Askren circa 2010 down. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Because that was leading into the Connor fight. That's right. And you ended it by saying, I don't have high hopes for the Kane run in WWE. Ah. So, so I thought you like nail on the head. Yeah. Did not go well. And oh, sorry. We had a few more here. And by Let's, the way, Cerrone and I are still down just for the record. Well, we're, um, you know, the penalty box can only hold people for yeah. so long, Ariel. So, he's you know, got, what? there's always own box, the BMF you know, ranch. There are always, you know, that mysterious DM that will come through when suddenly – Ariel Hawani is needed, and then all will be forgiven, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. Yes, 100%. It's like clockwork. Daniel Cormier does an angle with WWE. Did not happen in, in 2020. Frank Mir does a pro wrestling match in WWE. I think I threw out way too many pro wrestling ones at you last year. There were quite a lot in here. But again, like, who, like wouldn't you love to live in a sort of uh, sliding doors world, an alternate universe where we see what would have happened without a pandemic? Like Some of these things could have happened. A lot of them could. I mean, this, yeah. this was the ultimate what if year, which yeah. is a game I always love to play. Uh, and then this one, okay? Not one title change occurs among male UFC champions this year. 
not only did you say unlikely, Ariel, you scoffed at this notion. And of the championship changes among the men, two title vac- uh, two titles were vacated, but no title changed in a fight. So is that fair? I mean, I, mean, I will I will defer. To there's the new champions. Board. There's new champions, right? There's new champions at 205. I did say and, no title change, and there were title changes. So I, I gave you this one. Yeah, I had this in bold here, so I did give it to you. Thank you. And then I said the UFC female champions all hold their titles this year, which you said unlikely. Uh, we had Amanda Nunez, Valentina Shevchenko, and Zhang Weili this year. I said unlikely, huh? You did say unlikely on this one. So this was uh this was a year much like uh 2020 where the first half was completely different than the rest of it. So of the 31 predictions, Ariel, you went 22 for 31. What I go the the prior year. So that gives you uh let's actually get the exact percentage here, which I should have done before. 22 for 31 is not that bad. That's 71%. Do you want to go do you want to go back? 2019. That was a big year for you. I think I went like 80 something, right? 84% in 2019. Yeah. 2018, 80%. Oh. And 2017, 70%. So you came ahead of 2017, not at 2018-19 levels, but still a very respectable showing. Yeah. Now I'm not as impressed with myself. Um, I do remember last year you saying that I had an amazing year. So last, so my, my, my high water mark is what? 80, 84% last 84. year. Damn. Same amount of questions. It was the same amount. Yes. We had, we had 31, uh, both years. Listen, such a crazy year. So many things could have happened. 22 for 31. I'll take it. Ariel, you beat the spread this year. I mean, yeah. this, this was a, a year where, as you said, a lot of these, potential scenarios very well could have played themselves out. We could have been uh, talking about Frank Mir's Survivor Series performance by now. Oh my gosh, yeah. So um, I feel pretty good. With that, we are now going to turn the page and officially usher in 2021, and we're going to go in. We're going we're to start with some, some light non-MMA questions. So are you ready, Ariel? Yes, I am ready. I can't wait. I've been ready for a very long time. Okay. After... After a tremendously well-received 30 for 30, the Buffalo Bills are riding that momentum. They don't have to win the Super Bowl, Ariel, but they get back and they play in the Super Bowl in 2021. Oh, my gosh. I get chills just thinking about it. I will never, ever root against my own team. So, of course, I mean, you put me in a tough spot here. Of course, I'm going to say likely they will go to the Super Bowl. They will be in Tampa 30 years after the last time they were in Tampa and this time they will win. So you could do two likelies if you want there. They will make it to the Super Bowl and they will win. So how about that? My goodness. I can't, very by confident the way, likely. I can't wait till we talk about this in a year and we'll be reminiscing about their Super Bowl win. It's going to be great. One major sports league. Let's, let's categorize that as NBA, NHL, NFL, Major League Baseball. The big four. One of them has to shut down midway. They cannot finish their season a uh, champion is not crowned in one of the big four. So are we saying uh, because of the pandemic or just yeah, in general? pandemic related, oh. they cannot finish their season and they cannot crown a champion for this season. Unlikely. Unlikely. Okay. Confidence 
in the major sports. Yeah, I mean, look, look, look how they, you know, they, they powered through. They, they proved that, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, and they're going to make this happen. So, I mean, also, I really just, I don't want, you know, to even think of, of a scenario where this gets even worse than it is now to the point where these, you know, these organizations, these leagues have to shut down. So I'm going to say unlikely. In this fact, is going to be this is going to be a tough season or a tough list for you, Ariel, because I think part of you you're you're going to be voting w- with your heart. You want to be an eternal optimist here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This will be the battle. There are zero NBA games on Canadian soil this season. The Raptors don't play a game here. So okay, so let me ask you this: You say this season, not this year. Let's say this this uh, upcoming season. So if they if they do end up starting again in October, we won't hold that against you. It'll just be for the upcoming season ahead of us. That's a tough one. If you would have said this year, I would have said unlikely. Um, if you say this season, I'll say unlikely. Although I feel like Tampa's not not treating the Raptors very well at the moment. It's kind of it sucks for them because I've watched a few of the games and and like they're getting booed. Like they're they're not, you know, the hometown team most of the time. So crappy situation. But yeah, I'll go I'll go with unlikely. I wonder what's gonna happen with the Blue Jays. That's cunning. Yeah, I mean it's cunning. What are we, like three months away at this point? So that's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, and numbers are I mean, by our standards are terrible right now. Yeah, I think Ontario just uh, today reported 3,500 cases, which is a pretty staggering number for Ontario. Yeah. The New York Knicks win 25 games. Oh. They're coming off a 21-win season, so 25 games to win this season. I actually was asked to do a a bold prediction for ESPN. I said that they would win at least 30. Um, And and it's a 72-game season, so, you know, 36 would be 500. And I know some people might scoff at that, but when you consider they haven't won 30 games in three seasons, uh, you know, new coach, not the best roster, at least on paper, I feel very good about this pick. So I will say likely. Okay. I like. We've got two likelies and two unlikelies. That means I'm doing my job here. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs reached the second round of the NHL playoffs. A lot of pressure on the Maple Leafs to deliver this season. It's thought if they don't win a round, they're going to blow some stuff up. So a second yeah. round appearance by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Likely. Okay. They just have to make it to the second round, not win. I imagine you love this all-Canadian division. I like it. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I like the fact that they get to play at home. I, I, I thought it was going to be unfair i mean obviously no one wants this but if if all those teams would have had to relocate and uh you know what's better than saturday night leafs habs or saturday night oilers flames like they really want to see you know i don't know blue jackets leafs no so let's just keep all the Canadian teams together and we'll figure it out in the playoffs i think sports nets all four of us i think they like yeah. this idea i think it's it's totally fine okay ariel now it's time to jump into the mma predictions for the coming year are you all set yes we're coming out fast and furious 2021 tj dillashaw versus uriah faber you're asking does it happen does it happen i'll say unlikely 
the UFC runs a card at the T-Mobile Arena and is open to full capacity. Oh, full capacity. Jeez. See, again, I want to be positive here. Uh, full capacity. Golly. Against my better judgment, I will say likely. Likely. And then we'll probably get a celebratory video released from a yes, the yes, world's yes. most honest well, promoter. Uh, Hopefully he puts this on there and I say that it was likely, you know, he, I'm sure he will. No, put, he'll take your answer where you said unlikely yeah, and yeah. attach it to this question uh, out of context. It'll be against my better judgment and then unlikely. Yes. Yes. Where if he was your colleague and put out that piece of work would probably be released of his duties. Right. <laughs> I don't want to get you in any. Uh... No, it's fine. Listen, it was a joke. John Jones it. is a UFC. John Jones is the UFC heavyweight champion. On New Year's Eve, 2021. Unlikely. Unlikely. Yes, sir. How about this one? John Jones is the UFC light heavyweight champion on New Year's Eve. That's an interesting one. Unlikely. Sticking with New Year's Eve, Conor McGregor is UFC lightweight champion. Likely. Okay. There is a UFC women's featherweight champion on New Year's Eve. Doesn't matter who. There is somebody that is recognized as the UFC women's featherweight champion. Okay, so let me ask you if let, – let's say Amanda Nunes beats Megan Anderson and they just kind of close it, but she's just kind of considered featherweight champion for life. Does that count or it has to be like an active open division? Let's say if um, – so I don't want to rely too heavily – on the UFC, on the if they just the, the the rankings disappear off their website, their their deep featherweight women's rankings. I guess we would have to have. Uh, see this this because uh, I could see that scenario where you're right. Well, okay, so I'll tell you this: I think that she keeps the belt and they just leave it. They don't make a big to do about shutting it down. They just right. leave possibility open for I don't know a Kayla Harrison, whatever, whatever. They don't want to shut it down, but they're just like you're just not going to defend because there's no one to defend. So they're not going to close it per se, but it's just there's going to be no one left basically. How about this one? Okay, there's a there's a featherweight championship fight this year. Yeah, likely because they're going to fight in March. Okay, well. <laughs> let's see I'll, right. I'll, we'll revise it to that because i think that's going to be an easier one at, at the end of the year to uh go, go back and check i mean the real question is there'll be two right uh kayla harrison competes on the ultimate fighter unlikely bellator airs at least one card on cbs big cbs big cbs yes Likely. An MMA group of some note enlists the services of Bjorn Rebney. <laughs> uh, no, I think Bjorn is actually in the uh, the CBD business, last I heard. Um, and I think he's doing quite well, believe it or not. So I'll say unlikely. Well, that's good for him. I think every couple of years he has to resurface in some form or fashion. It's like maybe maybe he'll he'll be a sponsor for the the fighters, like CBDMD or one of these companies. It's not something like that, but um, I feel like Bjorn. I mean, like, why would you come back at this point? Your reputation isn't that great. 
you've been there, done that, made some money. What's the point? Maybe he's going to digitize all those tapes in the garage and yeah. you know, make a content well, deal probably, with Fight He's Pass. probably watching Pride 11 now for the third time as we speak, and then he's going to move on to Deep 21. Because yeah, I mean, there's no bigger fan. There's no bigger fan than him. I think I think that there's there's definitely a uh, a retrospective that needs to be done on the MM AAA. I find that thing fascinating. Like what it was, who was involved, and how quickly it was nothing. It was well, record the fact amount of there time. were such big names involved is crazy. Yes, like they had heavyweights, not literally, but heavyweight names, and it just it coincided with that that card in Toronto. So that yep. was like our first chance to talk. To, like Tim Kennedy was on that card. Donald Cerrone was on that card, and just like that, it was boom. The photo gone. op. Uh, what about Cerrone's eye? Remember Cerrone's eye? Like, was that real? Was that not real? What the hell was that all about? Him backtracking almost like within minutes of the whole thing going down. It was, yeah, it was very weird. Okay. I know that you have reported that they are, are targeting this, but targeting and, you know, other circumstances affecting things. Francis Ngannou does not receive a UFC title fight in 2021. No way. Unlikely. Unlikely. The UFC eliminates its purse structure of show and win money. Guaranteed amounts are introduced into UFC contracts. Now, there are some, there's a very select few, very, very select. But uh, it, it becomes more normal practice. Yeah, no, unlikely. CM Punk calls is part of a broadcast of a UFC event. Uh, you know, he does stuff for CFFC, yes. um, UFC. No, okay. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a different CM Punk question to be asked here, but if you're going to ask me that one, I'll say unlikely. The most purchased fight of 2021 is Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Logan Paul. Ha. Huh. Um, I thought you were going to say Connor. Uh, I will say unlikely. I think that's going to bomb. I think that the, the price structure that they introduced was mind-boggling to me that they offered this discount so many months out where your most hardcore fans would be the ones to buy that, which would be the fans that would be most likely to spend the most the day of on that card. Yeah. And I just thought it was like, you know, at surface value, it's okay, here's an interesting approach to pricing a pay-per-view, but I think it you almost cut your legs off at the at the beginning point of People that I think would – the ones that would be willing to spend $70, $80 on that fight, you're giving them the ultimate discount at the beginning. Yeah. I mean interesting model, but I agree with you. Also, I don't feel like people are believing that it's a real fight. Um, I think Jake – maybe I'm totally wrong on this one. I think Jake is a lot hotter now than Logan. Um and maybe that's just because like Jake is coming after the MMA community, so he's more on my radar. But it doesn't feel like it's the event. I mean, I, I feel like I was hearing more about Nate Robinson versus Jake because that at least felt like a bigger deal. And it was like the sports community going up against the YouTube guy. This one just feels more like an exhibition and people are rolling their eyes at it. Yeah, I, I definitely believe like the, the Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. success is going to breed a lot of – attempts to to replicate that and i i think this mayweather paul fight i i do see it doing decently well if if the promotion is very strong in that in that last week but i think we're going to see so many of these of just any name boxers that are going to be put into these exhibition bouts and it's going to be somewhat diminishing returns 
I agree to a degree. I think if Tyson does it again, it did if well. If you have the right people involved, yeah. I, I think it'll click. But I think there's going to be the ones that do really well and the rest that are just right. people will have their fill. All right. After a uh, a breakthrough year in 2021, 20, Hazmat Chimaev only fights once in 2021. One wow. fight. Uh, it hasn't been going well lately, but I'll say unlikely. I, I, I think he gets to at least two. Anthony, Anthony Johnson. Oh, what were you going to say there? I think I got an no. echo. Never mind. Oh. Anthony Johnson steps onto a scale and he sees the numbers two, zero, and five in that order. Meaning when he fights, he will weigh 205? He has to make 205 pounds. What if he makes 204 or 206? I'll give you 206 if he makes okay. that. I'll say likely. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it. This, <laughs> I mean, he's gigantic. To me, I was stunned that this guy's coming back at late heavyweight. Yeah, no, I know. But I, I th- that's the plan. So I'll say likely. To coincide with the 20th anniversary of their purchase, the UFC inducts Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta into their Hall mm. of Fame. That's a good one. Um I mean, nothing's stopping them. I wonder if they will. Um, also wonder what are they going to do with the guys who are in like, – They've got him on hold, yeah, for, for this yeah, year. GSP, and it was a good class too, GSP, Mark Ratner. Um, I'll say I haven't heard anything like that, but it's a great idea. They should steal it, so I'll go likely. Uh, let's stay on the Hall of Fame topics. Uh, Mark Ratner – Writes a book. Ooh. I'll say unlikely. No. It would be a great book. It would be a great book. You were very quick to say unlikely. So it means uh, I, guess, I guess he's holding Well, it's just like as long as he's working for a UFC, I don't see that happening, That's, right? That is true. It's uh, – even if it was just the boxing stuff though, it would yeah, be yeah. pretty, pretty interesting. Too. WrestleMania 9. Yeah, that's right. I mean he could have several books in him. Yep. Tito Ortiz resigns as city council member of Huntington Beach, California. Resigns. I'll say likely. I think it's going to be a very long year for him and the community of Huntington Beach. Yeah. Uh, We get at least one fight from Sage Northcutt for one championship. Man, what a fall from grace. Um, Fight at all this past year. Yeah, but a weird year. I mean, DJ didn't fight. Eddie didn't fight. Uh, I'll say likely. How many billion people would watch that fight? I think around three to four. Yeah. You know, conservative number. I think Could it'd hit be five if they really, you know, got some oh, American yeah. attention on it. Well, if they put it on TNT at 4 a.m., I think, you know, they could get to that number because that does huge ratings for them. Yeah. There, there's like hidden populations too. Like there's several right. billion unaccounted for that yes. are aware of one championship too. So it, it could beat the world's population. I don't know what's more bogus one championships ratings or like when people cite Facebook watch like views, like people say like, Oh, I got 1.3 million views on Facebook because you know, like they'll count a view as someone just scrolling past it. So those numbers are all out of whack. Like YouTube numbers are a lot more legit than if you look at Twitter numbers or even Facebook numbers, totally inflated and not accurate at all. Like you can watch for literally a second and they'll count that as a view. Is this like New York Rick's life? Uh, is this like all his, uh, his uh, no, this is actually, I mean, I learned a lot about this actually when my show, like when I got to ESPN and they initially put my show only on Twitter. And I remember the first episode was 
got a million views. I was like, there's no way this really got a million views. Like, how did I jump up? And then I saw the metrics and how they did everything. I was like, oh, well, this is bogus. Like, I'd rather just know mm-hmm. if it did 100,000, 100,000, great. Like, I don't want this fake number, you know? The UFC settles with the fighters and lawyers in the antitrust lawsuit. Oh, that's a good one. This one trending in an interesting direction, uh, but I will say unlikely. They're not going to concede. They will never concede. Yeah, this could be, you know, years and years of fighting, but it could be as well just the idea, like what what the NFL did several years ago, where I think it was, man, this could be, why why risk going to a, a ruling? Let's just pay and get out of here. Yeah. In an experimental move by the state of Kansas, media member Mark Ramondi judges an MMA fight. <laughs> that is an amazing one. Oh my god, that is incredible. Um, Kansas would would try this, I think. I think Kansas would try it. I feel like Mark would be a little weird about it. That's a great idea, by the way. Kansas should totally do that, just like for PR reasons. But let me say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like just uh, paintbrush like all MMA media members. But for someone like Mark, I have zero issue with with that at, at all. Yeah, I have zero issue with it as well. Um, Maybe ESPN would have an issue. I don't know. <sighs> I, and I specifically didn't say like UFC fight because I think you're, yeah. you're, you would be inviting stuff there. But I think yeah. to do, you know, it, just, just talking about like whether it be an Invicta card or like a lower level promotion. I'll still go unlikely. <laughs> Fresh off the burgeoning success of the UFC ABC relationship. Nate Diaz is confirmed for the next season of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my God. That is a crazy one. Would be tremendous, but absolutely unlikely. Cain Velasquez has an MMA fight. That's a good question. Uh, I thought you were going to say wrestling. Um, I'll go unlikely. Unlikely on that. What, What do you think is the future of Cain Velasquez in professional wrestling i think he has a better chance of doing some triple a thing and working his way back um more so than mma at this point getting older you know his body's a little beat up i don't feel like he's done the wrestling thing i feel like the the mma thing is 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 done Uh, maybe bellator i don't know if the ufc has actually like outright released him um but still, I just don't see him going through like a whole camp. But, you know, like DC's not around. It's just like it feels like the ship has sailed. I think so, too, when it comes to MMA. Um, I'm sure the pandemic's affected things, but I, I'm i surprised he's been so quiet th- this year. Like I thought after yeah. the WWE thing fizzled that we would see him uh, resurface. I mean, he just seemed that, you know, he he made the wrong decision of, of where he went. I think it was like a horrible handling of him, uh, which we talked about last or- year. And then, you know, he didn't come in at a, at a cheap number either man he was on such a trajectory right like he looked amazing early on a very short amount of time and i think we talked about this last year when he came in studio and wore the mask i saw a different person like a really happy person a guy who was in his element who was excited you know he's always been a little bit guarded and then i don't know i i just i don't know what happened i mean they turned him into like the brooklyn brawler or something it was weird I mean, yeah, just that that match with Brock, it was just mind-boggling when you yeah. go back and in hindsight or foresight. All right. DC and Helwani are joined one week 
by Brock Lesnar. Wow, that's a good one. Um, that'd be fun. We haven't had a guest on the show yet. I will say unlikely though. I mean, DC has a, DC and Brock are actually like kind of buds, but I feel like it's a long shot. Maybe be Ariel saying, eh, maybe a better guest for the Wednesday show. You're not, you're not quite Monday caliber yet. Not quite. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want him one on one. I got a few bones to pick with Brock. I mean, there I was banned. He's on Sports Center. Hannah Storm asks him about the banning. He's like, what do you think of this? And he's like, oh, I've never heard of that guy before. I'm like, really, Brock? Like, you could have, you could help me out in that moment there. Did you really have to, you know, bury me like that? For God's sake. I mean, ultimately didn't need his help, but thought it was a bit of a, a low blow, if I'm being honest. Man, this, uh, you, you run, you get on the wrong side of Ariel Hawani. He's going to be blocked, Lesnar. Oh, well, listen, I hold grudges. What can I say? I don't forget. That's uh, more more than uh, more than understandable, uh, Ariel. We see a in the lead up to Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Logan Paul puts out a, a video, hashtag Helwani Boxing. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> this guy's very in tune with trends, Ariel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to get circulation. It'd be great. I mean, it'd be smart on his part being honest but i say unlikely hawani boxing has been a little quiet i mean not quite zufa boxing quiet but quiet um <laughs> over the last few months uh you know we've we've let other organizations come up um like you know the trillers of the world and mike tyson's league of legends or legends only league or whatever it is i think league of legends is a uh is a video game thing but anyway uh i say unlike i mean that's happening in a month and change so i would need to to rev this up by the way, last uh, on my show on uh, the Nose Awards at the beginning, I said that it's New Year, first show in three weeks, all this stuff. With New York Rick, I said that I was revved and ready to go, and I said the hardcores would know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? UFC 31, <laughs> February of 2001. There we go. There it is. A classic line. Yeah. Dana White and the UFC launched their own news site. Oh, well, I mean – that that would be interesting. They, I mean, they pretty much have UFC.com, but like you're saying, yeah, that would be really interesting to combat us. Like, uh, like there was it? a time WWE literally tried this to Did they? like combat like news sites out there, like like the Observer and such. They tried their own like we're going to report our own news. Like they aggressively tried to do this. This was like mid two thousands, mid to late two thousands. What was 2000s. it called? It was just a part of WWE.com, but they would put like real news on there and they'd have certain sites that they would link back to that was on like, I guess, their list that they would acknowledge, but not like Dave or The Torch or sites like that. Um, I vaguely remember that now. Remember also UFC for a minute was trying to beat everyone to breaking news. So they would say like, this guy's fighting. They would tweet it out right away. This guy's fighting that guy pending legal documents or something like that. There There was like a two, three month stretch. Where they were trying to beat everyone by doing that, but they did it on Twitter and also on UFC.com. Do you remember this? Yes. Yep. Um, which, by the way, I actually didn't mind because it's like, okay, now I don't have to go around, you know, like, like, like I really care about, you know, the date that Matt Brown is fighting Carlos Condit. Just let me know when it is, and I'll I'll be happy to talk about it. Um, so, that being said, I say unlikely. You mean like a like a UFCfilter.com? You mean like that sort of thing? UFCfiltered.com if they have that domain. <laughs> that would be great. An interview is conducted by Ariel Hawani 
with Prebeck. Oh, man. I just spoke about Prebeck recently to someone. Dude, Who with the it? rise of Devison Figueredo and Valid. Oh, God. I never don't think of Prebeck. Yes. Every time that guy talks, all I hear is the blood. The blood, the blood. And he does it perfect. Like, he does the Dana White thing, the Lorenzo Fertitta. He, like, he still does the same thing. Valid is incredible. Um, there's a guy, uh, Al Foran, or Forlan, you know, the guy who does the Connor ones? He did, oh, I you know, don't know this one. Oh, man, this guy's amazing. He's an Irish guy. He, he has a podcast. He had me on. Oh, you he know what? Does, I, I think I have seen this. Yeah. I'm not he has as a beard, familiar, but I've heard it. Yeah. Connor, and he does Joe Pesci and De Niro, Al Pacino. This guy's incredible. And I was telling him a little bit about Prebeck because, um, you know, he's kind of like the new Prebeck. Listen, at this point, I just want to know that Prebeck's alive because the guy has truly fallen off. Like, I have no idea where he is. So I hope he's alive. I hope he's doing well. The fact that, like, I've tried to reach out to him and gotten nothing back is a little unsettling. So that would that would truly warm my heart. But I hope I'll we start. I hope we hear it from Prebeck. Um, a true uh, highlight of the MMA Hour years was yes, was Prebeck. Early days. I'll say unlikely though. Okay, we get an on set appearance. On set appearance at either a WWE or NXT kickoff panel. Oh, by Helwani? By you, yes. I mean, listen, the way we're trending at this point, um, I kind of like it doing it via Zoom. By the way, they put me in the Rogan Dana spot there. You saw that, like right at the end of the show. And that was live. Did you guys? Did you guys? Uh, have that? It was like forty-five minutes prior. Gotcha. Okay. Because, yeah, um, you were, like, right there. You guys were, like, battling the clock at the end. You did yeah, the big yeah. go-home promo, and then, boom, it was out. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they, they wanted to back time it um, for whatever reason. But um, No, they, they want to, you know, they advertise you, and then they save you for, for the end. It's like they're going to yeah. get the viewers tuning in at the beginning and catch the whole show. I did, By the way, I didn't even know that that was the, the spot that I was going to be in. Um, so I, I will say there was an original discussion to have me there in person. But I was like, well, like, like I'm going to fly to Tampa for like five minutes or wherever it was. Uh, it was Orlando, I think. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. This would have been at the Performance Center. Weird times. Like my kids are in school and, you know, like quarantine. Didn't seem like the juices were the squeeze on that one. But you know what? I'll be optimistic. I'll say, sure, why not? And uh, And I'll also say that I'll be better than every single person they've ever had on that show, including – Booker T of lukewarm heat. The recipient for poster of the year on the 2021 Helwani Nose Awards is given to Robert Pearson. Oh, man. Did I blow that? In hindsight, I feel like I blew that. Now that you mentioned that, I didn't think of it. Um, that would be great if he worked for – you know Robert Pearson. I know you know him well, right? Robert, we, I know Robert very well. Yeah, he's the man. I love Robert. Um, see, again, like if I say unlikely, I'm kind of being an a-hole here, right? No, I mean it's it's simply uh, – let, let's let's put it this way, okay? It can't be something in-house that he did for you. This would have to be him uh, designing – For a promotion. Uh, for a promotion, yes. I'll say – how about this? I'll say the promotions aren't savvy enough to hire someone like him. So I'll say through no fault of his own – Unlikely, but they should steal your idea. Although Boss Logic does great work, I don't know if he still does work for Invicta, but he does great work for Invicta. I mean, that guy is just uh, blowing up. I mean, what a story that guy is, right? I mean, unbelievable. Like this guy online, and I, I see he has like millions of followers. He's working for the biggest 
uh, like studios and networks. Test out your creativity at the MMA level, and then yeah. no one capitalizes, and you go on to bigger and better things. Go work for Marvel. So there you go, Robert Pearson. There's your template. The last one, okay? The first draft of Highway to Helwani is penned. Doesn't have to be released, but you sit down and start the 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 road to Highway to Helwani becoming a reality. Man, I will, I will, I will say this. I won't say his name, but a very talented and respected media member who's a lot older than I am, not a lot, but at least a decade or so older than I am, asked me recently, have you ever considered writing a book? And I said, well, funny enough, I've joked about it. (laughs) I don't know if that counts as considered, but I guess so. And he said, you really should. Um, and that kind of gave me like, like some confidence that this would be a thing. Now, is this the right time? I'm big into the whole, like, do you really want to write a book in the middle of your career? Because then who knows what happens? But then you could also say like, hey, just write two books, right? If it goes well. Don't know if I'm there quite yet. Um, I think it would be a mistake if I never did it. You also, I, I think that there is also a, uh... Among those that are going to buy your book, they'd want it to be, you know, fairly, I think, detailed. Unfiltered, yeah. I don't know if, like, it's pretty daunting if you were to say, sit down and I'm writing about 30 years of my career. Oh, so you're saying better do it now than later. I'm saying now you have the perspective. I think you're you're several years removed from, from some big events that you could look back on and revisit later. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at this down the road when you're 65 – I mean, yeah. that's pretty daunting in, in my estimation. I don't know if I'll ever write a book. Probably not. That'd be my I mean, counter. Write a book. Uh, no, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great point. My biggest thing is like, does anyone care? Right? Like, I, I mean, obviously I know there's like a real hardcore audience that would care, but like to the point where you would make a lot of money, I don't know if I'm quite there just yet. Also, just to be a hundred percent honest, like I want to be honest, right? And am I in a position to be a hundred percent honest right now? Uh, I don't know. So first draft i thought you were going to say one chapter because that's i i I've, that, that's that's kind of what i meant was like you at least start not that you'd write this whole thing uh more so okay. you, you would sit down and actually start work on it true okay we're gonna put that down as or likely sorry i yes. don't know why i said true <laughs> uh, that's uh yeah true or false is another show that uh yeah, yeah, seen, yeah. So seen the success of the show and you know what that it's fine we will we will license it out uh, wow this is a shot is this a shot jeez Hey, this is a this is a bonus one. Uh, how many how many fighters are not going to get a fight this year in the UFC because we called and they didn't want it? Oh, is that the, the is that the quotes that plural the of, of the year? I think it's uh, Caposa on Twitter who has like a, a collage of all the ones. Oh yeah, that, who didn't have it? Who didn't want it? Um, yeah, I mean, we've already gotten one recently, but that was technically 2020. Uh, we'll get that at least three to five times. I, I want to see like a sea change, and then maybe we get the op- the opposite where you know John Jones would be like, "I was willing to fight, uh, they didn't want to promote it." So yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can just be the wink at everybody. Well, Ariel, uh, we we have put down the likelies and unlikelies. Uh, wh- what did you think about the list this year? I'm 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 self critical here of like my uh, are some two out there? No, I actually the. First of all, was it around the same amount? Yes. I think we were right around 31. I think that's the number, uh, which would be the same as last year. 
So I'll say this year was tough only because there's like a few where, again, like you're going with your mind over your heart or vice versa. I want to believe that by the time we speak again in this format next year, we're looking back at, oh, my God, remember January, whatever day this is and how crazy the world was. And now we're all, you know, resuming our relatively normal life. Like I, I think in a year, like masks and things like that will still probably be a part of our culture. But it, hopefully we're not talking about lockdowns and travel restrictions like we are now. So, you know, when you ask about the fans and things like that, like I, I want to believe that this is a thing, but there's a part of me that feels like it's too you know, ambitious to think that way. So those are tough ones when you're thinking like that. But for the most part, um, I know I thought there was a nice mix of MMA and non MMA, a couple media questions in there, a uh, couple ones that will leave me, you know, pondering my future, like the book one. And, you know, cause that, that one, I could, I, I could control my destiny on that one, right? There's like a few I hear that. I mean, it's really yeah. in, in, in your power. I can, I can crash, you know, the, the kickoff show uh fairly easily i mean i could put in a call right now to the powers that be so um there's one that i'm actually surprised you didn't ask about i'm actually knowing knowing you and the way your mind works i was surprised you didn't at least find a way to mention this guy but uh you know i'll i'll let you i'll let you figure out which which one that was oh what a what a cliffhanger <laughs> you're going to leave me on here where i'm going to stew no, for the next I'm, year i'm surprised you didn't ask about nick Khan in some way shape or form dude he was actually in my <laughs> cuz that's exactly the way your mind works i absolutely i want like hand to my heart thought of a nick Khan question like typically what happens is i reach out to ariel just to make sure he's on board and i did it fairly early this year it was several weeks ago and then my mind starts like thinking of different topics and then it's in the last week or so I sit down and go through last year's show and then write them down. And Nick Khan was just an omission, but it absolutely was one that was in my head. I don't even know what the question is, to be honest. But uh, like, I mean, I don't think he's a character or anything like that. But I'll I'm tell just... you what he is. He's definitely worthy of a chapter in Highway to Helwani. Oh, I mean, for sure. For sure. And let's see. I mean, perhaps that chapter hasn't been written yet. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Ariel. Equal equal insight and teases that uh, all the all the listeners uh, appreciate. Uh, well, Ariel, uh, from a selfish standpoint, I hope that you get to uh, visit up here in Canada at some point this year and get back to uh, to Montreal. I hope you get to see your parents. Uh, I hope maybe there's a chance that that we get to do something in person uh, this oh, yeah. year. Hope so. I would love nothing more. Yes. Uh, but thank you as always for uh, always uh, giving us so much of your time each year. This is uh, my one time of the year that I bother Ariel, and he's always very gracious. He never uh, is too. You could bother me more. Well, maybe I will. Maybe you know I realize you have what, all these other easy... great uh, guests all the time, and uh, sometimes I feel a little left out. Well, Ariel, you're now that I realize that you know Paul Levesque calls, uh, maybe Scott the Moore is calling you, Tony oh. Khan. I mean, I might not be at the top of like the the, the wrestling list for you, but it, it's it's just an honor that you will take the call. Maybe, maybe we will bother you because you have not chatted with Wei Ting for some time. I have not chatted with Wei. Yes, a uh, a, a former in studio guest of the MMA Hour way back in the early days, the AOL a- episode days. nine for me. I think I was. Uh, yeah, it was you, me. Michael David Smith was on the phone where he <laughs> called in. This was right before a WEC show where. I told my my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, I was like, "Hey, I got invited to go do this show with Ariel, so let's go let's go check it out." And she like hung out, and we did the show. 
Nothing's bigger, though, than, you know, Thanksgiving 2017 when I got uh, the invite to Fight Network Radio. That was the, the biggest. I, 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 2007. I, 2017. Oh, uh, oh my God. Yes. Yeah, I had gotten the opposite of the invitation from the Fight yeah. Network. <laughs> yes, yes. My apologies. I can't believe that's like we're approaching 14 years ago, right? Like the, later this year. That's insane. That was the mountaintop for me. I would only ask you one question in uh, conclusion. And, and let's. Okay, I'll, I'll ask it like this. You'll, uh, John Pollock will do at least two audio documentaries oh. this year, likely or unlikely. I, I will say likely because I, I will I will push myself to to do those. MMA. I, what, what do you think? What, what what do you think would be? Um, I, I to be honest, I like doing the MMA stories. Like I like yeah. doing uh, those ones. There's so many. Well, there's that, no, by the way, there's so much. There's so much that hasn't been talked about because like there's really. I was talking to uh, Ant Evans, formerly of the UFC, who does some from freelance stuff now, and he he was making giving me like an impassioned plea as to why the history of this sport MMA is being ignored to a, like a, like a, like almost criminal um, degree. Like, like we just don't talk about it. And I agree with him. It's yeah. Like the, the I, I t- not like covered compared enough. to pro wrestling, like it's yeah. like covering both that, you know, MMA, it seems like there is almost a window that has gotten smaller um, that even if you want to go back, you know, the pre pre Conor Ronda, I, I think for people is like a generation ago in their mindset, like to go back to an elite XC, how, so much could be explored of just that company and, and what went on. Like, there's so many ideas. I will say likely. I will, I will try and do two this year. Now, I, I wonder for your audience if the wrestling ones are more of interest, lucrative, whatever. Um, there's some great ones to be told there. WWE is doing a lot of, like, retrospective stuff now. So maybe there's just not a lot going on or a lot that's uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's enough. Uh, but, yes, I, I love them. I think the one um, – I mean, the Owen Hart one was great. The all time for me was obviously the 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 2016 one because I was somewhat involved in it. But like you did such a great that that was just the craziest weekend ever, right? I mean, I mean like, was, and that Ali was not like I that one I did in the span of like four or five days, and it was the only one where like I was I was physically done. It was so <laughs> much work to do that in the the span because I really overestimated. Like I have to like write this out. Like I had to write out like pretty much a, a script for it. And in my head, it didn't seem like so daunting, but I, I was very happy with that one and how tr- just trying to weave everything together. And you were, you were central to that. Yeah, it was but And there was like, you know, the first morning weigh in, right. Happened that weekend. 199 was big in its own right. Muhammad Ali, Ali dies. dies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then Kimbo comes out. Kimbo. Um, yeah. It's on the back end. Yeah. Yes. On the back end. On the Monday. That was nuts. Um, so yeah, I, w- I, w- I am a fan of them. And what what I, topics I come to mind quickly? Like what uh, off the top of your head, is there any that uh, jump out at you? MMA? Yeah. Um, well, you just, you just actually piqued my interest with Elite XC. You should talk to Esther and Casey about that one, our friends over there, because they were right there. A- Esther Lynn, a recent guest on the Post Wrestling Christmas Show. That's right. Yeah, I've never gotten invited to the Christmas Show, by the way, just oh, for the record. Oh, goodness. I mean, it's a little bit, I saw the picture. I saw, you know, a few people. I was like, really? I can't get an invite? Okay. Um, so Elite XC, I think, is a good one. Um, you know, like, th- here's, a, here's an example that's not too old school, but um, is long enough to where I, th- I feel like, like, I feel like the, the, the purchase of WEC has never really been talked about. Like, right. what, what, you know what I mean? Like, 
how did that happen and why I'm pretty sure it was because of versus and they wanted to put in they wanted to put like a property there they didn't want someone else to go there maybe like a WFA or something but like something like that could be really interesting um and then there's all the characters that I feel like haven't been explored right you know again like Kimbo's an easy one we just talked about him but there's just so many guys like even the Uriah Fabers of the world in his early days and the Frank Shamrocks of the world his early days the revved and ready to go. I could see a document, an audio documentary called revved and ready to go about that first show and about like the zoo for purchase and all that stuff. So I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's a lot there. Uh, there Dana- definitely is. And, and with MMA, like with pro wrestling, like I put together this list of all the people that passed away in 2020 and like, it's a staggering list. And you think about how much history goes when some of these people pass. And in MMA, we kind of take it for granted that all these stories that are considered old now, a lot of the key figures that are still around and yeah. an audience that maybe has not heard from them. Like a Gary Shaw would be very interesting to hear now or so much time removed from that time. Like what is his perspective on that company that, I mean, was, you know, had it, some big moments, um, yep. not the least uh, of which was. Affliction, the rise and fall of Affliction, IFL back in the day, Pride, of course, so many stories there, Morrow. Um, one that I, I feel like we might be too close to, but at some point, like between from Connor getting, um, submitted by Nate Diaz to Connor beating Nate Diaz in August. So from March to August, maybe the craziest five month stretch in UFC history. When you think of that fight, Holly Holmes should take the sale happened in that time. 199 happened in that time. Um, Bisping winning, uh, Verdum, Stipe, UFC 200 and everything that happened there with John Jones and DC and, and, and Brock and Mark Hunt. The first Connor that, retirement. The, f- the first Connor retirement, all that happened there. Uh, Woodley beating Robbie Lawler in Atlanta. Wow. There's just yeah. like, there's like a string of crazy stuff that happened. Oh, like the whole John Jones, John Jones OSP. And, and like th- that fight. And then I think he like, didn't he get arrested and, and, and fought like a week before? You remember like he did the drag racing thing, just like an insane stretch of, uh, of big moments. So I've always felt like that five month period or whatever it is would be good. Maybe actually we're approaching five years. So, you know, I'm giving you ideas free of charge here. So. Well, the, uh, t- t- it's greatly appreciated. I will selfishly uh, steal them all, uh, but I won't steal any more of your time. So, Ariel, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, you can follow all of his great work at ESPN, Helwani in DC, every Monday. You've got Ariel and the bad guy on Wednesdays. Uh, anything else in the pipeline? What's uh, What can we expect in 2021? Do you have any personal, professional goals? Uh, yeah, you know, that'll thing. be what we can end on. Hopefully, you know, stay employed um, and uh, hopefully continue doing some NBA stuff, which I enjoy, and uh, continuing to cover the sport and uh, getting back to the arenas and around the fans, which I miss very much. So, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful to be employed and, and still doing this all these years later. Well, that will wrap it up, everybody. 2021 can officially begin because we have given you the go ahead.